There is one prophecy about the end times that absolutely had to be fulfilled before any other prophecy about the latter days can take place. Without this one thing, the end times cannot come about. What is this one event? Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast dedicated to helping us grow in our understanding of Bible prophecy and its relevance to our lives today. This is Steve Miller, and in each episode, we look at what the Bible says about the end time, and we explore how today's events are setting the stage for Christ's return. Our goal is to come away not only with more knowledge about Bible prophecy, but more importantly, to give honor to and recognize the God who is behind all of Bible prophecy. What is this one prophecy that had to take place so that the rest of the end times could come about? Many prophecy teachers call this the super sign of the end time. That's because it is the one prophecy that absolutely had to be fulfilled in order for all the other end time prophecies to be able to happen. This prophecy is the rebirth of Israel. As you know, for nearly 2,000 years, Israel was not a country. In 70 AD, when the armies of Rome destroyed Jerusalem and the surrounding areas and burned down the temple, hundreds of thousands of Jewish people were killed, taken captive, sold into slavery, and scattered. A remnant of the Jewish people remained in the land, and in 132 AD, there was another uprising. The emperor of Rome decided to put an end to Israel once and for all. He sent his army to destroy Jerusalem and prohibit the people from ever returning. Once again, the Jewish people were taken captive, sold as slaves, and scattered. And the dispersion of the Jewish people all over the earth began. For many centuries, the Jewish people remained in uneasy exile. Wherever they settled, after so much time, eventually hostilities would arise and they would have to move again. They faced persecution and even death, and sometimes whole villages of Jewish people would be burned down and the people slaughtered. There were the Muslim invaders who conquered the Middle East and North Africa. After that were the Crusades and the Spanish Inquisition. And during the Middle Ages all over Europe, the Jewish people were blamed for all kinds of problems, including the Black Plague. In some cities and countries, the Jewish people were forced to live in ghettos. There were the pogroms in Russia and Eastern Europe. And more recently, there was the Holocaust in which six million Jewish people were killed. As persecution ramped up at the beginning of the 20th century, a small number of Jewish leaders had a vision for calling their people to return to the homeland. This wasn't easy, for at the time, the land that had once been known as Israel was barren deserts and mosquito-infested marshes. But in their desperate attempts to break free of persecution elsewhere, the people started coming back and buying up what was basically worthless land and they worked hard to cultivate it and make it usable. After the horrors of the Holocaust, the Jewish people became especially determined to make Israel a sovereign state again, and their dream was fulfilled on May 14, 1948. That's when Israel became a nation again, and Israel's first prime minister read, over the radio, Israel's Declaration of Independence. Never before had a people been scattered for so long and come back together again to become a nation. Even the Hebrew language had died out, and not until the early 1900s 
had it become a spoken language again. All of this is truly one of God's greatest modern-day miracles. For the birth of Israel to take place on May 14, 1948, was a fulfillment of a key prophecy in Isaiah 66, 8, which says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? Shall a nation be brought forth in one moment? With the rebirth of Israel, the impossible had happened. Israel had become a nation again. But this shouldn't surprise us, because God is the God of the impossible. And more importantly, He had promised many times over that this would happen. For example, about 2,600 years ago, near 600 B.C., God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and said, Behold, days are coming when I will restore the fortunes of my people, Israel and Judah, and I will bring them back into the land that I gave to their father, and they shall take possession of it. In Ezekiel 36, we read this prophecy. You, O mountains of Israel, shall shoot forth your branches and yield forth your fruit to my people Israel, for they will soon come home. For behold, I am for you, and I will turn to you, and you shall be tilled and sown, and I will multiply people on you, and the whole house of Israel, all of it. The cities shall be inhabited, and the waste places rebuilt. These prophecies, which were declared 2,600 years ago, promised that God would bring his people back into the land, and were told that the land would be tilled and bear fruit, and that the waste places would be rebuilt, which is exactly what we see happening today. In Ezekiel 37, we read the prophecy about the Valley of Dry Bones. Here, Ezekiel stood before a valley that was filled with bones, and verse 11 tells us that these bones were the whole house of Israel, and these bones were saying, Our hope is lost. This was a picture of Israel when it was scattered among the nation. But then the prophet Ezekiel sees a miracle take place. The bones come to life, and they grow tendons and flesh, and the nation comes back to life. And here's what's remarkable. In 2010, the former Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, said this in his speech commemorating the 65th anniversary of the liberation of the Jewish prisoner from Auschwitz, one of the concentration camps in World War II. Netanyahu said this, After the Holocaust, the Jewish people rose from ashes and destruction. Armed with the Jewish spirit, the justice of man, and the vision of the prophets, we sprouted new branches and grew deep roots. Dry bones became covered with flesh, as Ezekiel prophesied. Then he said unto me, These bones are the whole house of Israel. I am going to open your graves and lift you out of your graves, O my people, and bring you to the land of Israel. In another speech given at the United Nations in 2015, Netanyahu spoke about the amazing preservation of the Jewish people through the ages, in spite of all that they had endured. Listen again to Netanyahu's words. In every generation, there were those who rose up to destroy our people. In antiquity, we faced destruction from the ancient empires of Babylon and Rome. In the Middle Ages, we faced inquisition and expulsion. And in modern times, we faced pogroms and the Holocaust, yet the Jewish people persevered. Then, speaking about the nation of Iran, Netanyahu said, And now another regime has arisen, swearing to destroy Israel. The regime would be wise to consider this. 
I stand here today representing Israel, a country 67 years young, but the nation-state of a people nearly 4,000 years old. Yet the empires of Babylon and Rome are not represented in this hall of nations. Neither is the thousand-year Reich. These seemingly invisible empires are now long gone. But Israel lives. The people of Israel live. As we look to the nation of Israel today, it stands as an incredible testimony that God is still actively fulfilling Bible prophecy. And the fact that Israel exists today makes it possible for all the prophecies of the end times to take place. For Israel is the stage on which the end times will play out. For example, in Daniel 9.27, we read that the seven-year tribulation will begin when the Antichrist signs a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. This treaty would not be possible without a nation of Israel in place. Ezekiel 38 tells us that after the people of Israel are regathered, that in the latter days, a coalition of nations will come down from the north to destroy Israel. Again, this would not be possible without a nation of Israel in place. In Matthew chapter 24, as Jesus describes what will happen during the end time, he warns the Jewish people about the abomination of desolation, which is the time when the Antichrist will enter the temple, desecrate it, and declare himself to be God. In order for this to happen, the temple has to be rebuilt, and for there to be a Jewish temple, there needs to be a Jewish people in the nation of Israel. Then in the book of Revelation, we read that near the end of the tribulation is the battle of Armageddon, when the nations of the world will come against Israel and Jerusalem. For this to happen, there has to be a nation of Israel in place. And there are many other prophecies that will play out on the stage that is known as Israel, because Israel will be ground zero for the end times. With the rebirth of Israel, the stage has been built, and since then, God has been setting the stage, putting the props and the people in the place. Each day that goes by, we are one day nearer to earth's final hour. We are one day nearer to when the church will be raptured from the earth, and when the tribulation will begin, and Christ will return to destroy all his enemies, and set up his kingdom on earth, and reign from Jerusalem. These are the reasons that the rebirth of Israel is called the super sign of all the signs of the end time. This is God's way of alerting everyone. There is not much time left. The stage is in place, and the curtain hasn't lifted yet, but God is at work behind the scene. The same God who miraculously made Israel a nation again will miraculously fulfill all the other prophecies of the end times. As God says in Isaiah 46:11, I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Foreshadows Report. My prayer is that you've been encouraged, and that from now on, every time you think about what God is doing in Israel, you are reminded that His prophetic promises about the future are on track and will be fulfilled. And that includes His promise of eternal life with Him in heaven to those who have received Christ as their Savior. In closing, I would like to say thank you to Harvest House Publishers, which has helped to make these podcasts possible. If you would like to find out more about the many wonderful prophecy resources they have available, you can go to the Harvest Prophecy website at harvestprophecyhq.com. That's harvestprophecyhq.com.